Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, certified personal trainer, non-diet nutritionist, and body image coach. And I'm on a mission to help all women break free from body image hangups so they can do the amazing things they are called to do in this world. If you're looking to feel healthy, happy, and confident without dieting, restriction, and punitive workouts, or obsessing over the scale, you're in the right place. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Hello, my friends. I'm so glad that you're back here this week. And I am so excited to share that after only 12 weeks of this podcast, we have already had 1,000 downloads of the Joyful Movement show. I'm like doing a little dance in my desk right now. I can't even tell you how grateful I am for your support, but more so that I've been able to reach and serve you in this way. My main goal with my business and I mean life in general is to make an impact. So it lights up my soul to see that this message is getting out there and making a difference in your lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of you for being here and for listening. And for those who have left reviews or messaged me your comments, I read each and every one and I really do appreciate them. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome. My name is Kim Hagel. I am a personal trainer and registered holistic nutritionist, and I am on a mission to help women break free from diet culture's messaging and figure out what moves them so they can stop punishing themselves with exercise and restricting food and just have fun with movement and feel peace with food and feel confident and proud in the body they have today. I have some juicy content for you today. And we're going to get into that in just a sec. We are coming to the end of our 10-week series about the 10 principles of joyful movement. We've covered a lot in the last nine weeks. So just to recap the 10 principles here real quick. Principle number one, we talked about rejecting the diet mentality, disconnecting your movement from the need to lose weight. So exercising to feel good, not to burn calories or earn food. Principle two was to embrace embodiment, which is the whole idea that we are more than a physical body. We want to honor our spiritual, emotional, and mental body's needs too when we're choosing movement. Principle three was to say no to punishment, forgetting the no pain, no gain mentality. We want to really get that exercise should never hurt. Say no to punitive, torturous exercise programs. In principle four, we talked about challenging the gym police. And if you remember, the gym police are just these thoughts in your head that are telling you how fitness needs to look in order to be right. And you need to scream a loud no to all of those rules and just move your way. Principle number five was respecting your limitation. So tuning into your body's signals of pain, energy level, your mood, and respecting those cues and modifying as needed. Number six was to stop relying on external validation. So your trackers and your apps and your Fitbits and all of those tools that we used that tell you if you got it right or not. We can tune into our own body signals through the process of attunement. And that was what that one was all about. Number seven was to honor your need for rest. So taking the rest when you need it, not waiting for an injury or burnout to justify a rest day. And then principle number eight was all about finding your people, the importance of community, 
being one of the most motivating forces when it comes to having a daily movement practice. So figuring out who your people are and finding a community that's going to help build you up. And then last week, principle nine, we talked about the runner's high, discovering that pure joy for movement and how to find activities that really light you up and do more of those. So if you missed any of those, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. Implementing those 10 principles can really change your entire relationship to movement and make it a whole lot more fun. But really, the main message that I hope you've been receiving over the last several weeks is that there's no right or wrong way to move your body. It's all about questioning the rules, ignoring all the shoulds and shouldn'ts, and learning to view movement as a form of self-care instead of as a way to shrink or control your body. Realizing that your body deserves respect and to be moved in a kind and compassionate way and figuring out what moves you and doing more of that. I've really been hammering home the idea that we need to stop viewing exercise as punishment. Buying into the no pain, no gain mentality kills our motivation and any possibility for joyful movement. I've been speaking about this at length because I see it so much, and I did it myself for years. Pushing and pushing, always trying to be stronger, faster, thinner, better. And, you know, when this is done from a mindset of needing to fix ourselves, to prove ourselves, essentially, that's really coming from a mindset of, I'm not good enough as I am. I'm not worthy, which is at the root a mindset of lack or fear. So when movement is approached this way, it's really hard to enjoy it and stick with it. I've been saying all along, you cannot create a body you love or a movement practice you enjoy by hating your way there. I've been really trying to nudge you towards a mindset of abundance, of growth, of love. And even if you don't fully accept and love yourself or your body just yet, hopefully you're a little closer to believing that you're deserving of respect, that you're enough and worthy just as you are and you don't have to prove yourself by dieting losing weight, or killing yourself with punitive exercise. And as an aside, if you do still struggle with this mindset, it's really hard to have a good relationship with movement or food or your body if you don't feel worthy or feel that you're enough. And that's the exact work that we do in Right Body for me. And I really invite you to check it out if you're ready to transform that and really dig into the root cause of your struggles. Anyway, what's really cool is that when you have an abundant growth mindset, then movement can become this fun way to connect with your body and play and have fun. Once you discover movement that lights you up and makes you feel amazing, then you can start to challenge yourself on your terms, which is the 10th principle of joyful movement and what we're going to talk about today. You can experiment with different things to see what you're capable of but all from a place of body respect and curiosity and growth and fun, rather from a place of needing to prove or change ourselves. So hopefully over the last several weeks, you haven't heard me say that you should never work hard or try anything difficult. That was definitely not the message I was intending to relay. It's good for our body to be challenged in different ways. However, you just need to balance that challenge with connection to yourself and kindness to make sure that you're respecting your limits and still enjoying the process. So what does it mean exactly to challenge yourself on your terms? 
Well, first, it means you have to enjoy the activity. Even when you're working hard, you can still be enjoying yourself. It has to be fun for you on some level. Now, you might still grunt and sweat and swear. I mean, I do that and people do this in my studio all the time. But behind that hard effort, I know they're having fun pushing themselves because they know, in my studio anyway, they never have to do something that they hate. And you don't need to either. I mean, for me, I hate burpees. I hate them. There is no part of me that would ever want to participate in any sort of burpee challenge or include them in my workouts, even if it's just for a second. So for me, that's a hard no. I mean, you might hate running. You might hate swimming. You might hate yoga. Whatever the thing is, you don't have to do it if you don't like it. Number two, what it means to challenge yourself on your terms is to listen to your body and respect your limitation. Not every day is a day to challenge yourself. If you're tired or sore or coming down with something or you're just not feeling it for whatever reason, those are the days to take it easy. You don't have to go for a personal record every time you go out. It's totally cool for some sessions that you just show up and go through the motions. And I mean, of course, if you have a known injury or restriction, don't cross those lines. But if you're feeling great, then by all means, go for it. Often the idea to challenge yourself just happens organically in the moment. You might be out for a run and notice that it's feeling really easy and effortless today. So you decide to change your route and add in a couple hills. Or maybe you're in a yoga class and you're feeling really strong and powerful and decide to give crow a try for the first time. Or perhaps you're doing some push-ups and rather than going from your knees like you usually do, maybe you try one or two off your toes just to see if you can. Or you're out for your walk and maybe you decide to add a flight of stairs in. Those are all ways that you can challenge yourself on your terms in the moment. The third way that you can challenge yourself on new terms is trying new things. So as you become more confident with movement that you enjoy and you discover what it is to move your body as a form of self-care, you'll start to become more confident moving in different ways. As an example, if you're just starting out with a daily movement practice and you found that you really enjoy dancing at home, perhaps your next challenge is to join a dance group fitness class. Or if walking is your jam, Maybe you'd like to challenge yourself by taking up hiking or joining a beginner running program. Eventually, maybe you'll try something different altogether, like lifting weights or Pilates or kayaking or rock climbing or playing soccer. Mix it up, right? I teach my clients to start building a movement toolkit, like a whole repertoire of a wide variety of movement options that they enjoy so that they have an abundance of things to choose from each day to keep things fun interesting, accessible, and adaptable. The fourth way that you can challenge yourself on your own terms is competing in an event. So disclaimer, competition can be a little bit tricky and it all goes back to the mindset behind it like I talked about at the beginning of the episode. I mean, in my past, I competed in running and triathlon events, but I didn't have a very healthy mindset around it. It was all about proving myself to mostly myself, and validating my worth through my athletic abilities. And that would result in overtraining and stress, nervousness about the event, and sometimes even injury. So if you're there right now, then I would not recommend races or competing for you at this time. 
However, if you've healed your exercise mindset and you're respecting your limitations and it's fun for you, then competing in a race or an event can be a fun way to challenge yourself on your terms to see what you're capable of. Races are usually a really great community event. It's a fun way to connect with other like-minded individuals. Usually there's a charity of some sort that they're supporting, so it's a great way to give back. And it can even be a fun way to travel and see the world, but only if it's fun. If it's not fun for you to compete, volunteering at an event like that is another great way to take in the spirit of the event without feeling any pressure to perform. I did that myself for a couple of years while I was healing my exercise mindset and also when I was pregnant or had a small baby at home. So how does it feel or how do you know if you're challenging yourself on your terms? Well, let's start by how it doesn't feel. It should never feel like torture or punishment. If you're challenging yourself on your own terms, it shouldn't feel awful. It definitely should not hurt. You shouldn't be dreading the whole experience and counting down the seconds till it's over. You should not feel ashamed or disappointed in your efforts or your performance. You should not be having thoughts of that wasn't good enough or I could have done better. There should be no comparison to others, jealousy, envy, or judgment towards someone who might have got a better result than you. These are all thoughts that would, comp- that would accompany pushing yourself from a lack mindset. These actions and results come from a place of wanting to prove or fix yourself, wanting to change or feel worthy. These are all fear-based feelings. On the contrary, if you're challenging yourself on your terms, you're going to feel empowered connected to your body, inspired, and curious. You'll feel proud of yourself regardless of the actual outcome. You'll be pleased with your attempt, with your accomplishment, irrespective of anybody else's result. And you know what? You're going to be happy for them too. Your body will feel strong, powerful, and alive. You're going to be able to see how far you've come and celebrate your efforts. These are all actions and results that come from a mindset of growth and abundance and already knowing that you're enough. A great litmus test to ask yourself when you're challenging your body is, is this respectful or is this fun for me and my body? And if the answer is no, there's absolutely no need to engage in the activity and it's absolutely fine to say no or substitute something else. Now, I want to say, if it's a trainer or an instructor who's asking you to do something that you don't want to do, don't be afraid to speak up and tell them that doesn't feel good for you. You don't have to explain or justify. Any trainer who's worth their salt should be more than willing to give you a modification that would better suit you and your own goals. I just want to restate that because it's really important and I want to drive this point home. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do when you're in an exercise environment. Your body is yours alone, and the decision about how to move your body is yours alone as well. Don't let anyone make you do things that you hate, that hurt, that make you feel less than or not good enough. And for goodness sakes, don't let anyone shame you for choosing to modify or scaling back for any reason. They're not the boss of you. You are the boss of you. I really, really hate the whole drill sergeant persona that's often attributed to trainers, partly because it paints us all with the same brush and not a very nice one at that. 
but mostly because it's so disempowering to the client and it kills joyful movement. And it's the exact thing that keeps people on the start-stop cycle, viewing exercise as this horrible, hateful activity. Your trainer should give you oodles of options and choices for movement so that you have the power to decide how you're going to challenge yourself on that particular day. And they have zero right to question your choice. Okay, rant over. I got a little fired up there, but I just feel so strongly about that topic. I just felt it really important to state because I know we put trainers on a bit of a pedestal and we assume that they know what's best for us. And if we don't listen to them, that we won't achieve our goal. But at the end of the day, the trainer works for you and you're the one in charge. There are oodles of ways to train a person for any goal. And it's your trainer's job to be creative and figure that out while honoring your personal preferences. All right, so that is all I got for you today. I hope that this episode got you reflecting a little bit on what it might feel like to challenge yourself on your terms. Maybe you're thinking of some new or different ways that you could add to your movement toolkit to challenge your body in a different way. Hopefully you feel empowered to know when to push and when not to and feel confident making that decision for yourself. And now that we've wrapped up this 10-week series outlining all the principles of joyful movement, we're going to switch gears and get into some other topics. If you have suggestions, I welcome them. You can DM me and let me know some things that you're curious about. I've actually got some guests lined up to chat with you in the coming weeks as well, which will be really fun. And next week, we're going to talk about goal setting, which I know is something we usually talk about right at the start of the year. But I'm doing it now because often by this time, we're starting to lose momentum on those New Year's goals. So I thought it would be timely to share how I teach my clients how to set goals. I've got a really unique system that turns SMART goals on its head, and it really does work and gets results. So make sure you tune in next Monday to hear that episode. In the meantime, I want to thank you so much for being here and supporting this movement of mine. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, remember that you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Radiant Vitality Wellness. And you can learn more about how to work with me on my website, which is radiantvitality.ca. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Power in Motion podcast today. Ready to drop your body image hang up so you can confidently create your healthiest, happiest life? Awesome. You can get started today by taking my five-day mini course, How to Feel Great in and about your body, no matter what the scale says. Inside this five-day video training, you'll learn how to get motivated to exercise, stop cravings and binge eating, set health goals beyond the scale, eat normally without rules or a plan, and accept your body. Find unshakable confidence, even if you don't love how you look. For just $27, you'll receive one under 10-minute video lesson per day for five days delivered straight to your inbox, reflection worksheets to help you integrate your learning, and links to bonus resources to go even deeper with the work. You can get started right now by visiting radiantvitality.ca slash five-day training. I'll see you inside.